Thank you. Good morning. God bless you. You can be seated. Uh, you know what? If I lived in this part of the world, this is the church I'd be coming to right here, right now. I'd be happy to sit under Sam and Carolina's leadership, no problems at all. And I want to thank you uh, for your commitment uh, to the cause of Christ. And uh, this church is booming and it's going ahead. It's, uh, uh, you are known around the world as a church that's thriving and doing what God's called it to do. So well done to you all. We appreciate you. And uh, I know the best days are ahead. And as we continue to move forward, uh, and the challenge and the opportunity of reaching our world uh, for Jesus Christ. So it's a great pleasure to be with you. Uh, I, I want to share with you this morning on the subject of uh, uh, living fully persuaded. Okay, <laughs> living fully persuaded. You know, I, uh, I've been a believer for quite a while now, and I've got past the uh, concept of, well, what if, I, what if I pray for somebody and it doesn't work? Uh, or what if I ask somebody to come uh, to church or invite them to Jesus and they, and they don't take the offer up? Uh, uh, my, my conviction is, this is why you've got to live fully persuaded, my conviction is uh, our job is not to heal but to pray. All right, get that? My, I, I'm fully persuaded that if I pray, God can heal. Uh, I'm fully persuaded that if I tell people about Jesus, the ones that are ready will come. Yeah. You, you've got to get to a place where you, you live fully persuaded. Uh, just a few weeks back, ago, back in uh, Brisbane, uh, after the 8.30 service, a young guy, maybe in his uh, early 20s, he um, came with his girl uh, with him and, and he's, he said, Pastor Mark, he said, this is uh, such and such, and I can't remember her name, uh, and she's um, uh, been a Muslim, she grew up Muslim for most of her life. Anyway, I've been telling her about Jesus the last uh, three months, and she's really excited uh, about the concept of Christianity, about this God that, that loves. Um, but every time I, um, I ask her to say the prayer to invite Jesus into her life, she won't do it. And I, and I turned to her and said, what's the matter? And she says, no, it's not that I won't do it, I can't do it. And I said, what do you mean you can't do it? She says, I'm not allowed. And I said, what, somebody's telling you? She says, no, there's a voice inside of me that won't allow me to use that name. Uh, and I said, really? And I looked into her eyes and, uh, uh, and I said, can I pray for you? And I picked up her hands and I said, uh, Jesus, I thank you that greater is, me, that, that is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. I thank you right now. There's a power uh, and a name above every name. And that name is Jesus. And as I prayed for her, I, I felt it just sort of, sort of sway back a little bit under uh, but there was the anointing of God. And, and I said, Amen. And I looked in her eyes again and I said, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now? And she said, yes, I would. I said, well, repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, come into my life. And you know what her words were? Dear Jesus, come into my life. And she gave her life to Jesus right there. You've got to live fully persuaded. Half-heartedness has no power. Double-mindedness has no power. There's such a difference between people that are fully persuaded and for those that are half-hearted or double-minded. If, uh, if Christopher Columbus uh, was half-hearted, he would have left the European coast, gone around Great Britain and come home again. But because he was fully persuaded, he traveled all the way to the Americas. People that are fully persuaded uh, do different things. They live different lives. 
Uh, you remember uh, uh, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter? Uh, there's, <laughs> there was an example of a man who was fully persuaded. Uh, there's no doubt whether he was on the screen or, or I met him on an aeroplane coming back from L.A. Uh, the boy was fully persuaded in what was right and how animals were important and the whole thing. And, and, and such a difference with those people. I mean, he was, a, he was a very famous Australian and we mightn't have seen it from over here, but as you travel the world, you realise how much influence he had everywhere you travel. And it certainly wasn't because of his... Um, uh, a great uh, ability to have uh, public communication. It wasn't because he was a, an incredibly uh, uh, amazing scientist. It certainly wasn't because of his knowledge of workplace health and safety. Um, and, uh, but, but he lived fully persuaded. Uh, he was passionate about animals and uh, he was so persuaded in what he believed uh, that he, he could be talking about a bug that you and I would have stepped on a couple of minutes ago and enjoyed the pop. And, uh, and, and now you're looking at this bug and there's a tear starting to well up in your eye and, and you go out and you buy the sticker for your car, save the bug. Um, uh, all because he lives fully persuaded. And uh, if you're going to be a believer, and I love the word believer, it says something, doesn't it? Yeah. It says you believe. Yeah. And if you're going to be a believer, if you're going to uh, take on the journey of Christianity, uh, then if you're going to live that life as, as a believer, then you've got to live it fully persuaded. Yeah. Not, not half in and half out. You've got to live it fully persuaded. And, uh, and if you do, uh, then you'll be able, you're able to unlock your potential and release the power of heaven in the world that we live in. It's living fully persuaded in what we do that makes a difference. In other words, uh, if your Christianity is going to be anything, it has to be everything. If it's going to be anything, it has to be everything. It's not about fitting Jesus into our lives. You know, I've got my work, and I've got my marriage, and I've got my family, and I've got my sport, and I've got my hobbies. Oh yeah, and there's Jesus. No, 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 no. Uh, when we come to Christ, it's not about fitting Him into our lives. It's about us fitting into what He has. It's a change. It's a shift. He's not to be an add-on. He's to become our center, our sun. And, and if we put him in the middle, not an add-on, like, not, not, well, I'll put him in here, I'll give him this much time a week and do that. No, if we put him in the middle, then he can, he can be the sun that we orbit around. And if we orbit around the sun, we're going to receive life and energy from the one who has life and energy. It's not about uh, adding him on. It's not about half-heartedness. It's about being fully persuaded. Um, and, and therefore, for us to have the, that, that, uh, that uh, boldness to, to pray for the sick, you know, when somebody's sick, pray for them. Yeah. Uh, well, you've got to be fully persuaded to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if somebody's needing to know about Jesus and, and to tell them, you've got to be fully persuaded that he is the hope of the world. Yeah. Be assured of that. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got a phone. And uh, one of the things I can't believe about my life now is that my whole life is in this phone. <laughs> uh, my whole life is in this phone. Yeah. We, we are so smart. My Bible's in this phone. My memory is in this phone. Yeah. How do I know that? Because I can't remember one phone number anymore. Yeah. Except my own. Yeah. It's the only one I know. I used to know thousands of phone numbers. It's all there. My whole life. We are so smart. 
But if the power goes out for three days, I'm done. I'm a zombie. When the power goes out at Brisbane Church for a day and you walk through the hallways, there are people sitting in front of their computers like this. They don't know what to do. They, 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 our world is... And, and so what I'm saying to you that our future answer is not technology. Smart but vulnerable. You, you can't tell me that we're looking towards politicians in the future. America's having one of the biggest elections in history. And I saw a statement the other day. It was a church posting in front of their church. It says, Jesus is coming back. Hopefully before the election. <laughs> we can't trust in politics. Science is not our answer. We have to be fully persuaded that Jesus is the hope of the world. That he is our answer. He is our future. His power will not go off. He will take us through whatever ups and downs that stand in front of us in the journey ahead. We've got to understand that the power of what we belong to, who we belong to, and what we believe in comes from not half-heartedness or double-mindedness, double-mindedness, but being fully persuaded. James says this, chapter 1. We got that up on the screen. Uh, <laughs> and uh, James is my most unfavored book of the Bible. Uh, James, I believe, has no friends. As a matter of fact, I believe James is actually Bulgarian or Russian. Because in their language, they do not have adjectives. They just say it as it is. We might say something like, oh, you're being a bit silly. They say, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's just their language. And uh, James is like that to me. Every time I go to the book of James, it's like he reaches out of the book grabs me by the collar and says, read this, you idiot. Um, so let's start with James. So we've got context there. Um, and James chapter 1, verse 6 and eight says that, six through 8 says this, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Hear that? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God. Not some things, but that man will not receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, you idiot, unstable in all of your ways. And in a James' brash way of telling us, he's going, you've got to understand, the power of the gospel is not in half-believing, it's in being fully persuaded. You've got to believe. You've got to stand up on the inside and say, you know what, I decide to believe this. I decide. At the end of the day, you're going to have to decide to believe something. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, you've got to, you know, I, listen, I listen to scientists that aren't Christian talk about things that happened six billion years ago with such confidence like they're almost there. You know, they almost sound like they were there. This is what happened six million years ago on the planet. I go, give me a break. You know, six million years ago, they don't know what really happened. They have just decided to believe. That's what happened. They decided. So we've all got a place in our world or in our lives where we've got to turn up and decide to believe. 
James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And yet, today, there are still too many Christians uh, that, that, are, that are, used to be double-minded, but now they're not so sure. <laughs> they're, not, they're not sure how much to be involved. They're not sure how much to give when the offering goes around. Not because they don't know, but because they don't believe. They're not sure. They're not sure about Jesus uh, coming back. Is is it tomorrow, this year, next year, or in a hundred years? And Is the rapture going to take place now? And and they live in this instability of of double-mindedness where they've got a sword in one hand and a suitcase in the other. They don't know whether to fight or fly. They're unstable in all their ways. They're unstable. James says, man, let that man, that woman understand they will receive nothing from God. Nothing from Him. Double-mindedness locks up the power of heaven and hinders our ability to reach the potential God's called us to reach. Make up your mind. (laughs) Make up, what, what do you believe? Make up your mind. Be fully persuaded. We are here to release heaven's power into the generation that we live in. It's never changed. And yet the power of the person that does that comes from having a fully persuaded life that believes that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. And to do this, we must keep our believing intact. Generosity, like Pastor Sam said, our time, our talents and abilities. Man, to be fully persuaded that God wants us to use these great things to bring his power and his kingdom to earth. If I could only move somebody this morning, if I could just move somebody, one of the... um, uh, as, as a preacher, as a, as a pastoral leader, one of the things that I have to work really hard on in my, uh, in my downtime, uh, listen to this, are the people that came and were almost persuaded. Yeah. That, I, that I spoke to them and I, and, I, and I believe and I'm praying for people and, and the ones that, that are almost persuaded to, to work that extra bit harder on their marriage. The ones I almost persuaded... To, to give that little bit more of their time or their gifts. And t- that, that one that I almost persuaded to let go of that drug addiction, turn away from that group of people, the ones that I almost persuaded. And I want to tell you that in that place of persuasion or, or, or getting people to be fully persuaded changes people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Don't walk out of here this morning yeah. almost persuaded. One of the saddest verses in the Bible uh, comes out of uh, Acts 26. And it's the story of King Agrippa. If we can show that. And uh, Paul is uh, being arrested for preaching and, and he's in front of a tribunal. And uh, they're giving him his say and the guy that's in charge is, is uh, King Agrippa. And, uh, and this is what happens. Now, as he thus made his defence, Festus, which is one of the uh, high chiefs there, said in a loud... <laughs> I remember preaching the scripture a long time ago when I first got, uh, became a pastor and uh, I said, now as this made his defense, I said fetus instead of festus. So, so I called him chief fetus and, um, 
And then people started laughing. I realized they'd made a mistake. And I went, oh, that's right. It couldn't have been fetus. Uh, he wasn't born yet. Um, <laughs> now, Festus, not fetus, Festus, said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before this whom I speak freely knows these things. Now he's turning his attention to the king Agrippa. For I, next bit, I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, he points towards the king and says, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. You, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. I, I sort of believe. I, I really do. I sort of believe, um, uh, but not enough to change. I, I sort of believe uh, that, that my life would be better if I was fully persuaded this morning, but not enough to change. Not enough to move on. <laughs> not enough to move forward. Uh, Man, uh, uh, I'm on the edge. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm on the edge. I'm in the shallow, but I'm not going to leave the shore. I, I'm almost there, but I, I'm just going to stay back here. And, 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 I, and I see this as one of the saddest verses that you almost persuade me to become a Christian. So today, powerful living starts when we decide we will be fully persuaded that he is who he is and he will do what he said he will do. God wants us to live fully persuaded lives. It's done. I'm settled. I'm in. I'm not going back. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. I'm staying true. I'm staying strong. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's got to be settled to that depth in our soul. Because then we, then we unlock the power of heaven in our lives. Abraham, back in the day, uh, do you know that Abraham was originally a moon worshipper? That means he worshipped the moon. And, and people think you've got to have faith to be a Christian. You've got to have faith to worship the moon. I mean, that is a job. Dear moon, I praise you and honour you, moon. I mean, he was a moon worshipper. Then he has an experience with God. He, he, he makes contact with God. He finds out who this God is, the creator of all things. And it so shifts his life that even at an old age, he believes that God will do what he said he would do, and that was give him a child. But it seemed impossible when it seemed his wife and him were too old to have a baby, he, he believed upon believing. The Bible says that it was accounted to him as faith. He was fully convinced, even though he couldn't see the sense, the logic, or the possibility. Look what it says in Romans chapter 4, I think, verse 20, 21. It says this about Abraham. And he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully 
convinced that he was that he had promised that what he had promised he was able to perform today are you and i living fully convinced are we in that place or are we on the, the side of King Agrippa? You're almost, I'm, almost, I'm almost persuaded. Uh, uh, God, you almost persuade me. Abraham's life changed his generation and the generations to come. Did you realize that Paul, who we know wrote most of the New Testament, was the original Antichrist? He was the man that killed the Christians. He was the one uh, that stood at the stoning of Stephen and gave permission for the mob to kill Stephen. Paul was the man that started the revolution against the, uh, the concept of Christianity. And, uh, but then he, God interrupts his world and he has an encounter with God. Can I tell you what will fully convince you is just not your knowledge, but an encounter with the living God. And if you've not had one recently, you need to press in close enough into his word and into his presence to encounter him again. Because it's in that encounter that I, when I um, got saved, when I became a believer, I come out of a non-Christian heritage. My, there was no one I could find in my heritage that was a believer in God. And, and so my, my, and my change of life, my eyes opening, my, my world being revolutionized was with an encounter with God. It opened me up. No, you don't know everything then. You don't, you don't know everything. You don't understand it all. But it's in that moment you're now capable of receiving yeah. what God has for you. Yeah, exactly. If you encounter God, when somebody preaches, you receive more. Yeah. If you have an encounter with God, the prophetic becomes more alive to you. You're hearing not just a message, but the now word of God for you. And encounters what opens the doors. And now we've got this man who was the original Antichrist. Man, significantly changed and he changed the history of the world. See, if you, if you decide to live fully persuaded, you can make a bigger impact than you ever thought possible. Absolutely. You, 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 we're all called to do something great. And that will look different to every person, but we're all called to do something great. If we were not called to do something great, God would never give us the ability to dream and imagine and create. He would have made us all the same. We just would have plugged along just how it is. But every one of us has an ability to dream, to envision, to create new things because God has called us to do great things. Amen. Of course, um, <laughs> when you decide to live fully persuaded, uh, <laughs> the enemy will automatically, enemy will automatically bring something or somebody against you to test how fully persuaded you are. There's no doubt that, that as soon as you stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to live for God, I'm going to live fully persuaded, I'm going to do what He's called me to do, straight away it sends alarms through the caverns of hell. You are now a threat. They rally against you in some way, somehow. This is why if you pray for patience, hell breaks loose. Because that's how you learn patience. And if you want to live fully convinced, then you've got to understand that as soon as we do that, the enemy's going to stand up and test your conviction on that. So a part of living fully convinced is understanding the journey now is a warfare journey. Yeah. There will be battles. There will be enemies. The promised land is always on the other side of the giant you've got to face. Yeah. 
the, 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 the plan of God is always after we take something down. And we've got to understand, therefore, when we said, you know what, I'm in. I'm going to live fully persuaded. As soon as we do that, there's going to be an attack from the enemy. But we're not to be thwarted by that attack, not to pull back, because any attack of the, any, of the enemy was never designed to kill you. It was designed to strengthen you. Yeah. Yeah. We have an enemy not to take us down, but to lift us up. Yeah. King David, um, back in the day, the Bible records of him being out doing what kings do, expanding the kingdom. And uh, as he's out there doing what God called him to do, they had a report that back in the town, the city that they lived in, the enemy had come in the back door and stole all the, uh, uh, the women, the children, all the treasure that burnt down the houses. And... Um, and and right then, the Bible goes on to declare that his men got home, they saw the mess, and they, they turned to the uh, king or King David, and they were so mad, they were so grieved uh, with what took place, because they were out doing the kingdom business. They were out doing what God had called them to do, and now uh, being out there doing what God, they got back, and their, their women, their children have been stolen, their houses have been plundered. They were so upset and so mad. Uh, the Bible says they were going to stone David. It's, it's never a good day when the church wants to stone the pastor. <laughs> never a good day. Now, really, in David's life, or his heart now, he's got to decide some things. Yeah. I, 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 Father, I was, I was about your business. Yeah, wow. You know, um, I, was, uh, I preached this message in church last Sunday morning in Brisbane, and uh, I had a PA back in the day, and it was Kelly Booth, and they still come to the church, and they're lovely people, but uh, as, I was, as I was talking about standing up and doing the right thing, I, I remembered that uh, while she was PA, my PA, and they're, they're such a committed group of people, great family, and, and I remember that Sunday night they're at church and their house got broken into. Yeah. Um, and so they got robbed while they were at church. I mean, you know, what's the... You know, God, what is going on? Obviously, somebody was casing the street and they realised that this family was out every Sunday night. And so they robbed the place. So she comes and tells me, it's, I said, it's terrible, da 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 Anyway, so they claimed their insurance, they got everything back, and they had it in place, and then two months later, on a Sunday night, they got robbed again. <laughs> and and, and I, I, as I'm talking about it, and I saw Kelly in the 8.30 service, I said, Kelly, you haven't been robbed since, have you? And, uh, and she said, no. But I thought it was just such a part of what we can, we can cop and not understand, that we can be all about the business of God, and yet the enemy can still come in and we can lose sight of what God's called us to do or we can decide to grow stronger out of it. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying to you, because we're about the kingdom business doesn't mean the enemy's going to stop attacking us. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're going to still not have battles to face. Yeah. And as I preached that message on Sunday morning, last Sunday, I got a text Monday morning from a guy in the church, and he said, last night, Pastor Mark, I was robbed. <laughs> and while we were asleep, not at church, while we were asleep, and they came through and they stole everything in our house, all the valuables and that, and I said, I want to thank you for prophesying over my life yesterday morning <laughs> that I'm okay with this 
and God is good no matter what's going to go down here today. And out of it, we're going to see a victory. And the Bible goes on to say in this passage that David had, a, had to make some decisions about what's going on in his life. It says this in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. It says, um, now David was greatly distressed. <laughs> it's okay to get distressed. Anger and uh, distress is a normal part of human life. Just don't let it rule you, okay? If something goes wrong, it's okay to get angry. That makes sense. Uh, but don't let it stay there. He said he was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, uh, because the soul of his people grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But what? David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. And understand this, the end of this story is a good ending. The, 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 the sense of being a conqueror is after we conquer something. We're called to be more than conquerors in his name. The only dilemma with that statement is that we have to conquer something. People want to be conquerors before they've not conquered. Oh, I'm an overcomer in Jesus' name. What have you overcome? Well, nothing. Well, you're not yet. You're just an over. Not a comer yet. I'm just going to be an overcomer. In his name. And David went out. The Bible says he rallied. I mean, it was a bad day. When the people, I reckon that was the day when they think, and then, uh, we're going to stone him. I reckon that's the same day the horse bit him. I, I reckon it's the same day he got news that his mother-in-law was coming to stay for a month. Yeah. Nothing wrong with mother-in-laws, but a month. Um, it was that same day. Everything went wrong. And yet... He says he strengthened himself in God. He rallied the troops. They got back on their horses. God provided an incredible victory. He regained every woman, every child. None was harmed. None were killed. They they built their city again. Because if you want to stand up and be fully persuaded, then understand your life will be a life that fights battles for good and for God. It's not a bad thing. But it's a power. And the difference is, your life, if you don't stand fully persuaded, you're still going to fight battles and messes. You just won't win them. And that's the big difference. And that's why David could have given in right then. But man, that would have been the end. He would have lost everything. He would have lost his family, everything. I mean, it's the same thing. But now he, overcame, he strengthened himself and he overcame because it's in our being fully persuaded that unlocks our potential and heaven's power. It's in our being fully convinced that God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. So today, just as I conclude, if you want to stay fully persuaded, because it's not a one-time decision. It's not just, that's it, I'm fully persuaded. Uh, You've got to start there. But it's an ongoing decision. Uh, Sometimes things will stand up and and you'll say, you know what, I'm going to beat that thing and then it turns up again tomorrow. Uh, And so... Being fully persuaded is an ongoing decision of the heart and of the soul. But the best way to stay fully persuaded, listen to this, is to live where God is, not where he's not. Live where God is. Live. God lives in his word. Live there. God lives in his presence. Live there. God doesn't live in fear. He doesn't live in doubt, unbelief, negativity discouragement. He, he doesn't live in alone. He lives together. Church. Live where God lives. 
God lives in truth, in joy, in hope, in future. Decide when you're outside of where God lives to turn. Strengthen yourself in the Lord and go back to where God is to believe again, to stand again, to believe His Word again, to read His Word again, to see Him from a new perspective. Don't live where He's not. Don't stay where He's not. Because the enemy will get around your mind and your soul and all of a sudden you're outside of where God is and you're by yourself and it's never the plan and the purpose of God. But if we stay where He is, we can live fully persuaded. We can have great influence. We can see lives change. To see God's power. To see your potential. To see the lost saved. How beautiful are those that get saved. How beautiful it is when somebody decides to make that decision that changes not just something but everything. The power to see that, not, not get used to it. It's not just another hand or another person. It's a heart that was lost, but now is found. To live fully persuaded that when people are sick, we can stand like that father did and pray over his young son and say, today, God will do something. I will pray. God, I speak life into that body. Be fully persuaded. Power is loosed when we are fully persuaded. Not half-hearted, not double-minded, but fully persuaded. The sick will be healed. We must live fully persuaded in who He is and what He can do through us. Then like Paul, Abraham, King David, John, Mary, Stephen, Martha, Peter, we will see miracles happen. We'll see darkness push back. We'll see the plan of God come to our generation. We'll see lives of people established in kingdom purposes and families for our future. Don't live with the spirit of King Agrippa. Man, uh, <laughs> man you almost persuaded me this morning. You almost persuaded me. You're, man, you're all, God, I'm on the edge. You don't. I, I just need to know. No, you don't need to know. It. Don't seek information. Yeah. Seek revelation. Yeah. You don't need information. We have more information in the world today than any other generation, yet we're the most lost generation that's ever existed. You don't need information. God, I need to know. No, no, you need to know Him. And then information will turn into revelation. But seek not information, but seek revelation. So information doesn't stay information. It turns into revelation. You almost persuade me. Today, live fully persuaded. If you do, the world will be a better place. Maybe you're here today and you're not, a, you're not a follower of Christ yet. You're not a believer. Yeah, you're here and people are invited. Or maybe you used to be really tight with God and life or disappointment or things got in the way, church, whatever it is. But here you are in your heart. And I don't want you to leave almost persuaded either that this is your day, that God set you up at this moment in time, yes. that through this event, this, this community that his heart would be felt and sensed again in your life, that you would either make a decision to respond and say, Jesus, I need you, or Jesus, I'm coming home. I'm coming back. Would you bow your heads right across this auditorium and close your eyes today? Lord, I thank you for every person here. God, I thank you that there's power in the name of Jesus. And God, that what I'm saying is not important is what you're doing right now. 
if you can sense something moving in your heart, in your soul, or in your mind, even that sense of this is real or I need this. I, I don't know your situation, your condition, or where you're heading, but I know this, that whatever battle you face, whatever challenge that comes your way, the answer you will need for every one of those will always start in the name of Jesus. Today, you could be convinced enough to decide to let Jesus be Lord of your life, to become a believer today. The Bible says that God stands at the door of our lives and He knocks on our hearts, on our soul. And it says if we, if we open up, if we just let Him in, He'll, He'll not stand back. He's not angry. He's not mad. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. He's waiting for you to open up your life and He wants to come in as a spirit God and, and be our Lord and our Savior and our future. And He'll forgive us of our sins and our failures, our mistakes. He'll He'll remember them no more and He'll embrace us so closely that we'll be sons and daughters, family of the Most High God. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And I love to pray this morning with any person here in this house saying, you know what? I need to receive Jesus. I want to be a believer today. I want to know Him a bit more. I I want to come back and reconnect. Right where you're sitting today, eyes are closed, heads are bowed. If that's you, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you this morning. Just slip your hand up right here. I'm not going to embarrass you, but right in this place, we're going to pray that God's blessing be upon you. Quickly this morning at the back. Thank you, young man. That's a great decision. Others today, thank you, sir, at the back. Thank you, ma'am, at the back. Other great decisions this morning. We're about to pray for you. This is your moment. It's designed just for you today. Is there anybody else before we pray? Just give me a wave. Thank you. That's a great decision in the middle there. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision over there as well. Thank you at the back. Great decision, sir over there. Ma'am, thank you. Thank you at the back. Another great decision, young man. Great decision there. Look one more time. If you haven't slipped your hand, give me a wave. We're about to pray. We're about to pray. This prayer will change not some of your life. It will change all of your life. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up all over this house, but it's not what you saw. You saw hearts open up. And right now, the greatest miracle known to man has just happened. People have come back to their Creator. They're believing upon Jesus. If we believe in our hearts that He died and He rose again from the dead and confess this with our mouth, because we believe it, we shall be saved. And today, these ones acknowledge that truth. And heaven, I know, rejoices. When even one responds, so I know heaven rejoices for this house today and for these people in Jesus' name. And all that agreed said, amen and amen. Let's celebrate those great decisions here today. Beautiful. Well done to every one of you that lifted your hand or maybe you didn't, but your heart was opening up there. Be fully persuaded today that that's the greatest decision you could ever make. Be convinced. And we want to help you. See, when you put your hand up, it wasn't the end. It was the beginning of something. And uh, we want to help you be all that God's called you to be. That's why we're together like this. And uh, they have, I've decided to follow Jesus cards in the pockets there in front of you. If you want to fill one of them out or go to the yes desk or there should be a slide up here behind me about what to do. The point is, that wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. Stay connected. Tell somebody. Get involved because Jesus has an incredible plan for your life. Let's give it up one more time for them all. And say welcome to the family of God. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Thanks.